The Dhamma is only knowable here and now. It's Pachupanna. It's a present, the presently experience, experienceable reality. For each of, of our minds, this is the case. The Dhamma is only to be known, can be known here and now. The tendency of our thinking, the habits of mind, create a, a past, memories or imagined events of the past. We plan, we project, we imagine the future. We create strings of thought and feeling, images, alternatives to the present. But the more that the mind does this, dwells in the imagined past or the imagined future and abstractions, then naturally it cannot be in tune with the present reality. If the driver's asleep at the wheel or the the conductor isn't following the score of the music, what's going to happen? The vehicle crashes or the, the orchestra gets out of tune. So developing the practice, in order to bring about a quality of attunement, a quality of a realization of Dhamma, then the necessary thing is to bring attention to this present reality as consistently, steadily, completely as possible. Life happens here, this moment. For each of these minds, this is the case. This very present moment outside of time here and now. So bringing attention to the body is a direct and effective way of bringing about this attending to the present. The body only exists here in the present. It's the guaranteed connection with the present reality. It doesn't drift off into past or future. So the feelings of the body, the posture of the body, also the breathing of the body. This is available, accessible, tangible. A pattern of the body's feelings that can be directly used to help ground our attention in the present. Or feeling the rhythm of the body breathing. With mindfulness of breathing, anapanasati, there's no need or, or wish to change the breath in any particular way. Just let the body breathe according to its own natural system, its own natural order. But to consciously place the feelings of the breath at the center of attention. That's a very accessible and direct way of keying the attention in to this present reality, to train the mind to focus, to attend to the present. 
And whenever that quality of distraction is noticed, the mind drifting off into to agitation, getting busy about the future or the, the remembered past, drifts off into imagination, fantasy, or just goes numb and sleepy. In mindfulness and wisdom is the faculty that helps that to be noticed. There's a drift happening. Things are out of tune. So, as soon as that drift is noticed, let go. Bring the attention back to the, the reality of this present moment. Feeling that tension or that imbalance of distraction, feeling it, knowing it, responding by letting go, and then as that quality of attunement, attention to the present is re-established, feel that, know that. And the heart, the mind is awake to this present. How does it feel? What is its quality? The attributes of the breath also help to support the the balance of energy and relaxation. Each in-breath is an enlivening, literally bringing oxygen into the body, keeping the body alive. The in-breath is literally inspiration to breathe in. has a natural brightening quality, energizing quality. Let the in-breath be a way that supports that aspect of energy, alertness, brightness of mind. The out-breath is Mother Nature's natural mode of relaxation, the sigh of relief, letting go, breathing out, releasing, relinquishing. Let the out-breath be a way of supporting that quality of, of ease, relaxation, settling. So right in the very fabric of the breath, there's a support and a a blending, a balancing of these qualities of energy and relaxation. As the attention stays more steadily with the present reality, that attunement is more stable, consistent, continuous. And it's easier to look into, to appreciate the very fabric of experiencing itself, how the mind forms perceptions and experiences the flow of feeling, thought, Sound, sight, smell, taste, touch, memory, and imagination. Attending to the present is part of the the process of Dhamma practice, but also looking into the fabric of the present. What's the nature of experience? How does the mind experience things?
When the attention is able to rest steadily, consistently with the present reality, and it's easier to let go of the content of experience and to look at the process of it. So rather than whether a feeling is comfortable or uncomfortable, whether we hear a sound and it's attractive or unattractive, we hear the sound of the birds singing in the morning, we might think, oh, that's beautiful. We hear the sound of the machines, the the piling rig or the lawnmower, and we go, oh, shouldn't be there. How annoying. But the development of insight is a process of letting go of the content of experience to know the process of it. So it's not a matter of whether it's liked or disliked, is it changing? Not a matter of whether it's inside, like a thought, or outside, like a sound or a color, a form, is it changing? Not even a matter of whether it's wholesome or unwholesome, sacred or profane, is it changing? Coarse or fine, pure or impure, inside or outside, here or there, is it changing? Is there a way that that sound, that feeling, that thought, that emotion, that taste, that smell, that sight, is there a way it can be permanently satisfying? We hear the sound of a bird. Oh, that's beautiful. If we heard that sound repeated a thousand times, the beauty would fall away. It would be more... Oppressive, irritating. There's a hearing. But does that sound belong to a person? There are feelings of the body. There's a a sense of I feel, I, I feel the weight of my body on the cushion. I am hearing the sound of this voice. We can examine those feelings of I am, I feel, an agent that's the, the experiencer, the person who is the doer. I am meditating, I am working with my mind. But those very feelings of owning, that minus, that I-ness, that me-ness, these two can be let go of. The content of those presumptions, those attitudes, can be let go of to be known as other patterns of nature, arising, passing, unsatisfying in and of themselves, and not a person, not belonging to a person. All these reflections on insight, the development of vipassana, are familiar to us. Many of us have heard these words, these ideas, hundreds of times, thousands of times. Even though the words are familiar, isn't it mysterious how we ignore 
their meaning and get lost in like and dislike, inside and outside, beautiful and ugly. How those feelings of I and me and mine still seem to be solid, so real, actual, but I am feeling, I do think, it is my problem. How solid, how real they seem to be. How valid, important, genuine. A development of insight, the use of the reflective wisdom, this reflective faculty of the heart, it needs to be applied, moment by moment by moment. If it's not applied, it won't work. It's like the medicine in the bottle. If the medicine's not taken, it can't cure you. So even though these principles, these words, these ideas might be incredibly familiar in their concept, it's in their application that the difference is made. The transformation, the real freeing of the heart happens through the application of these principles, moment by moment. This feeling of me hearing, this feeling of my owning of the body, this feeling of liking, of disliking, this perception of a sound, a color, a shape, a taste, a smell. This is empty. This is not self. This is in a state of change. This very quality. So the encouragement, the challenge, is to bring these ways of seeing, this mode of investigation, reflection, to the whole field of experience, moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day. And then, when they are applied, to see the change of heart that comes. When there's a, a genuine recognition, a direct realization of that which knows the feeling of mine is not mine. That which knows the feeling of liking Disliking, that's not a person, doesn't belong to a person. It's like we don't say, my gravity, my nature, my oxygen, doesn't make sense. We feel the effects of gravity. We're formed of the fabric of nature. Every aspect of this body and mind is part of the natural order. But we don't say, my nature, my gravity, my air, doesn't make sense, has no meaning. In that moment of realization, when every, facul every factor, every faculty of mind, every f aspect of experience is seen as Anicca, dukkha, anatta, uncertain, unsatisfactory, not self, not a person, not belonging to a person. Look at the change of heart, 
feel that quality of spaciousness, normality, that quality of ease in the heart, a relaxation not just in the body but in the, the attitude itself. It's just nature doing its thing, just nature knowing nature. This is all it is. What a relief. And we can use the practice of mindfulness of breathing, anapanasati, as a standard, accessible, familiar way of training the attention to key into the present. We can also use the inner sound, the nada, the inner listening, to bring attention to that continuous inner tone here in the background of our of our auditory uh, listening world. It also supports that letting go of the content to look at the very process of experiencing. Yes, there's a feeling in the body, but the nada sound is all around it. Yes, there's a thought in the mind, but the nada sound is present there, all around it, in the background. There are the noises of the construction workers, Joshua on his mower. There's the nada sound. We can develop that inner listening, not just here in the temple where we're sitting, but as we walk, as we eat, as we wash our bowls, as we come and go, carry out our various activities and duties of the day. The nada, the inner sound, is ever-present. So it can be a direct, impactful reminder to let go of the content, to see that all of this is such, ta-ta-ta, reminds the heart, helps the heart to awaken to the suchness of each moment. Everything is empty, sunya, but it's also such, it's also thus. Tata. There's emptiness and suchness. Letting go of the particular judgment, a particular solidity that a thought or a feeling, a sight, a sound, a smell, or taste, touch has. Letting go of the labeling, but being open to the presence of this moment. Everything is thus. Such, tata, it's this way. We use these kind of reflections to help change the habits, to break the habits. The way the mind takes refuge in like and dislike, approval, disapproval, self and other, inside and outside. We use these tools to investigate those habits, considering the emptiness of things, the suchness of things, their changing nature. These are tools to help free the habits of attachment, 
to loosen those habits of attachment. And then the most important quality is then to notice what is the nature of the heart free of those habits, free of those patterns of grasping, attachment. Aware, peaceful, bright, energetic, utterly normal, non-personal, no sense of self. The more that quality of the heart free of grasping in its own natural, open, spacious, limitless ordinariness, its simplicity, the more that is known, the more that becomes the baseline for experience. That becomes recognized as the reality and then all of the personal, likes and dislikes, the body, the story, our plans, our memories, that's given less value, less significance. It arises and passes on that baseline of peacefulness, simplicity, spaciousness, 